Yo, what's going on guys? And today we are here with the first episode of NBA Big Podcast. First episode, I think we're going to start off with my predictions. And yeah, this podcast, if you guys haven't followed my channel, I'd like to say that I am an NBA savant. I love the NBA. This channel has grown a bunch, almost 4,000 subscribers, like over 3,000 subscribers in the past year, but I digress. I think it's time that we just have an NBA-focused podcast that I release one to three times a week. And it's going to be long, and I'll break it down into short clips. But this is it. Let's get into it. If you're watching, thank you. Like and subscribe. Any ideas you want to talk about. And let's get into my NBA predictions. Okay. I think, you know, standings I'll do last. But we're going to do awards first because I think the awards are the most interesting part of all of this. And, you know, let's just get the let's get into it i feel like i'm being awkward right now and let's talk about the first one that i have down right here and it is rookie of the year which i think it's down to three players okay rookie of the year i have five players on my list but you know i think it's really gonna be three players and also if you hear me sipping on anything it's because i have earl gray right here in my hands so yeah Ignore me sipping on my Earl Grey. I also do have to get rid of this tea bag because I feel like my tea is going to be way too tea. So we're going to grab this right here and put this on top of this jewel pod case. All right, let's get right into it. So my three, my five candidates are Kate Cunningham, Jalen Green, and Jalen Suggs. I think those three guys are just going to be a three dog race for who's going to be rookie of the year. I have Jalen Suggs edging Jalen Green. Kate Cunningham, I think Jalen Green is going to come in third, Kate Cunningham come in second, and Jalen Suggs. I just expect Kate Cunningham and Jalen Suggs, both the Magic and Detroit Pistons, could be this year's Charlotte Hornets. And whoever of those two teams is this year's Charlotte Hornet, I think will be Rookie of the Year. And I think the Magic are in a better situation with more defenders on their team to be put into that situation, okay? So with that being said, I think... You know, obviously, Jalen Green's probably going to have the most points scored per game out of all the rookies. Kate Cunningham's probably going to lead in assists and rebounds, like for all guards, rookies. I think Jalen Suggs is just going to have the most all-round stats. Then I have Alperin Sagoon and Chris Duarte. I think Chris Duarte might play the most minutes and might start the most games and be on a playoff team. He's just so NBA-ready, and he could really be a surprise rookie of the year. And Alperin Sagoon, he dominated in the summer league. And honestly, if Jalen Green isn't the best scorer on his team, then it's gonna be Alperin Sagoon because he's already played professionally, won MVP in his in the Turkish league and won rook like best player basically. So I think right there, those five guys are the most likely to win it. I just think straight up right there. When you look at that, I, I just think Kate Cunningham, Jalen Green, and Jalen Suggs. Are just for sure the guys right there and i think no doubt about it there i, I just i I'm going Jalen Suggs as biased because i'm a magic fan so most improved player i think it's a few guys and here are my guys so lonzo ball og ananobi ben simmons dejounte murray anthony edwards and rj barrett lonzo ball if he just takes off scoring and becomes you know an all nba defensive player where he's averaging like almost two steals a game with a block a game and becomes our generation's Jason Kidd, then Lonzo Ball for sure. OG Ananobi, he looked like he was going to break out and he just like was 
still shaking off the rust from the prior year. And I really think OG Ananobi this year is going to put it all together and be, you know, join Pat Williams and him, I think are going to replace Paul George, Kawhi Leonard and Jimmy Butler as those two way defense first when they came into the league and then their offensive game caught up. Okay. I think that can just work phenomenally for them. And it's, I think it's going to be really fun to watch, you know? Then you got Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons, if he does start shooting threes and becomes a 20 point scorer who has like averages, you know, close to 10 assists and 10 point, or not 10 points, 10 assists and 10 rebounds a game while scoring close to 20 points a game and shooting over 34% from three, he's going to be definitely the most improved player because he's already like a defensive player of the year candidate. DeJounte Murray, if he continues to build from what he did last year and actually become like a 23 point per game scorer while continuing to be one of the top defensive, if not the best defensive guard in the NBA, then yeah, DeJounte Murray, even though he's on the Spurs, will finally get noticed and hopefully be good, you know? I think definitely when you look at this team, this is a team that should be good, okay? I think that they're in a position that, hey, they can be phenomenal. And look, I think there's a lot of players here that potentially could be most improved. I had to just narrow it down and Lonzo Ball, OG Ananobi, Ben Simmons, and Jonathan Murray are four guys that have taken steps forward. And if they take that leap, I really think they can go up into the upper echelon of the NBA. Next up is Anthony Edwards and RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett was dropping over 17 points a game, close to 18 points. And if he goes up to being a 23 point per game scorer, the Knicks could have back-to-back years with most improved players on their roster. And I think they're in a position to do that. I think RJ Barrett moving over to the small forward spot was smart. And, you know, also I could see that RJ Barrett could be a player that he hit his ceiling and that's what he is. It's just like the, a really, really kind of like a Harrison Barnes 2.0. Not in the sense that they play similarly. It's just like not an all-star, but you're a really good starter. And then Anthony Edwards, if he just comes in and averages what he did for the last like month of the season, which was like close to 25 points a game with like seven rebounds, like three to five assists a game, almost two steals a game with close to a block a game while shooting like 50% from the field and like 30, 40% from three. If he does that for a season, most improved player of the year, without a doubt, without a doubt, okay? Anthony Edwards is a is a fucking man among boys. Like, he's a good player. He's a good player. I want to hear your guys' thoughts right there. Most improved player. So, first we'll go rookie of the year. Who do you guys think? Comment down below. Kay Cunningham, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Alperen Sigmund, of course, Duarte. Out of those five guys, who do you think is going to be rookie of the year? Now, we go over to most improved player. Lonzo Ball, OG Ananobi. Ben Simmons, DeJounte Murray, Anthony Edwards, and RJ Barrett. Out of those guys, who do you guys think will be the most improved player? I want it to be Anthony Edwards. Again, I'm biased because I'm a Timberwolves fan. So, yeah, realistically, I think it's OG Ananobi. I'm sorry, guys. I really do. I'm high on OG Ananobi. I have a YouTube video that I made saying that OG Ananobi is going to be a breakout star this coming season i knew it i already see it coming okay it's going to happen now sick man of the year i technically i have four players technically five players and that's because all right let me explain this tyrese halliburn derrick rose malik beasley 
And then the fourth option are three players. Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, and RJ Hampton. I expect Jalen Suggs to be the starter. We'll explain this one first. Markel is allegedly going to be ready to start the NBA season from day one. He'll participate in training camp. Cole Anthony had some rough moments during the summer league, even though he looked really good. I expect the future by the end of season, Jalen Suggs to be the starting point guard and RJ Hampton to be the starting shooting guard, which leaves Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz to be the first guards off the bench. And they're paying Markel all this money, but they drafted Jalen Suggs. So I think Markel Fultz, out of that three guys, will be the six will be the six man of the year candidate for the Orlando Magic. Do I think he'll win? I don't know. But so if it isn't Markel, I think it'll be Cole Anthony. So either Markel or Cole Anthony will be a six man of the year candidate, scoring 17 to 20 points a game for the Orlando Magic. Now. Malik Beasley is the man I think will, who will be six man of the year candidate who was a 17, 18 points per game score before he got suspended. And I think this year, maybe they'll start the year with him starting, but I really think it should be the starting lineup should be the uh, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, or actually not even Jay. Yeah. Jaden McDaniels, Josh Okogie and Carl Anthony Towns with the second unit being Pat Beverly, Malik Beasley, then you put out Jared Vanderbilt and Torian Prince and Naz Reed. And Malik Beasley will be like a 20-point scorer off the bench. Just tell him to beat Jordan Clarkson for y'all and just have a green light. And I think that would go off phenomenal. I think the Timberwolves would have a great scoring bench with two shooting options in Torian Prince and Jared Vanderbilt. And also, you know, Pat Bev, all three of those guys can shoot threes, and so can Malik Beasley, and then Naz Reed going inside and getting all the rebounds and all that good stuff. Yeah, I think it'd be fun to watch. Now, Derrick Rose, if he just repeats this year, I think this is the easiest little explanation. If he just repeats what he did this past year, then for sure, I think he's going to be, you know, six, not six man, yeah, six man of the year. And I do truly believe that he can do that. I mean, Kemba's going to be the starter, I think, and they're going to continue with Derrick Rose off the bench because he had so much success with that last year. Why would, don't break what not, don't fix what's not broken, you know? That's my philosophy. And I think a lot of NBA teams go by that philosophy because if they didn't, then a lot of teams would have won championships already because there's a lot of teams that they have to either be stubborn or arrogant because, mm. They don't do some moves that you're just sitting there. You're like, guys, we're, we're fans. We shouldn't know what to do, but we act like we know what we do. And it might be right. I'm not going to mention names. And I think Malik Beasley's main competition besides Derrick Rose, if this guy doesn't start and it seems like he isn't going to start because this player who's in front of him at his position was not traded. And that's Tyrese Halliburton. Buddy Heald wasn't traded, nor was Harrison Barnes. And as it seems like they're not going to be traded, they're going to stay on the Sacramento Kings. With that being said, I don't think Tyrese will go in front of Buddy Heald because of the amount of money they're paying him. But if Tyrese Halliburton plays the same role he did last year, he's probably going to be playing 30 minutes off the bench this year. And I think his numbers are all going to go up. Another year, he's just going to be even better. He's going to be a guy who can come in and just be like Tyrese Halliburton. I, I wanted him go to 
the Hawks because I thought he was the perf perfect backup point guard for our man Trey Young. But this guy going to Kings, who they snagged him, averaged in 30 minutes a night last year, which I think, again, he's going to do. 13 points a game, 47% from the field, 41% from three, three rebounds, five and a half assists, a steal and a half a game, half a block a game. And I really expect all those numbers to go up. I mean, I expect the, the shooting splits to stay the same, but him to be closer to 15, 17 points score a game, five rebounds a game, probably still five assists a game. Same thing with steals, 1.5 steals a game, and same thing with blocks staying the same. And I really think Tyrese Halliburton and Malik Beasley will be the two guys fighting for six man of the year. I think that definitely will be interesting. All right, I'm gonna take a quick break, guys. I learned this from Strong Opinion Sports. If you ever get tired in the head, take a little break because you can edit yourself coming back in a bit. So that's what I'm gonna do, guys. I'll be back in a bit. This is the NBA Big Podcast. I took that from the Little Dicky Show. Not Little Dicky Show. Little Dicky made the NBA Big ads. Google that. That's literally what the image I'm using. Hopefully, I don't get like a cease and desist. But yeah. We'll see how this first podcast does on all the platforms I put it up. If it does shit, maybe I don't continue. But I think it's a good way to make content. All right, we're, we're going to go take a break, guys. Um, I'm going to head out for a sec. All right, guys, we're back. That was a longer break than expected. It's been a few days, actually. Life came up. My mother came to visit because it was parents weekend at the University of Kansas. So took my mom out, boozed with her. But hey, so let's hop back in. We talked about the most improved player, six man of the year, rookie of the year. Now we're on defense player of the year. And I have a few candidates. So let's run through who I believe will be defense player of the year with Ben Simmons, Anthony Davis, Miles Turner, Jonathan Isaac, Drew Holiday, Robert Covington, and Matisse Thibel, or Matthias Thibel. So, now let me say the least likely guys. Drew Holiday, Robert Covington, and Matisse Thibel, or Matthias Thibel, are the least likely. Unless those guys have, like, basically averaging, like, 1.5 steals and 1.5 blocks per game, or, like, 2-2, two and two, they're not going to win it. Jonathan Isaac on this list, like Ben Simmons... I think Jonathan Isaac healthy is just as good or an even better defender than Ben Simmons. Miles Turner is the best interior defender, arguably, with Anthony Davis. And I know Rudy Gobert could be there, but I think Rudy Gobert won't win another award. Ben Simmons should have won Defensive Player of the Year last year. So if he has a season similar to last year's or even better than last year's, he's the unanimous Defensive Player of the Year. Anthony Davis has to have a similar, like, at least two blocks a game with 1.5 steals a game, I think, to win Defensive Player of the Year. I think Jonathan Isaacs can literally average, Jonathan Isaac can literally average two blocks, two steals a game. And that's why, even though I'm a Magic fan, I think I'm going to be biased and say he's going to, he's going to win it right there. I just think, you know, he's the best choice. And why wouldn't you give it to the guy who I, you know, arguably is the best choice for that award, you know? I think there's no one else that they should be thinking about giving that award to. Jonathan Isaac can guard point guards, he can guard shooting guards, he can guard small forwards and power forwards, and he can even guard most centers that don't have an extreme weight advantage or strength advantage on him. Ben Simmons can do the same one through five. I just think Jonathan Isaac is more athletic than Ben Simmons and is lengthier, so I think, which makes him more versatile and more impactful defender. 
Then you have Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis, yes, he can guard the perimeter, but he isn't like Ben Simmons or Jonathan Isaac where his switchability is with everybody. I think he's more of a three through five guy. Thibel and Covington are, you know, the poor man versions, the Kroger, the Walmart store brand version of Ben Simmons and Jonathan Isaac. So they can do similar things. Like they're very good defenders. You want them on championship team. I just don't think that they're on the same level as those guys. So I really think it's going to be between Ben Simmons and Jonathan Isaac. Now, if I had to choose, obviously I'm going to choose Jonathan Isaac being a Magic fan. Ben Simmons, if he comes in with a chip on his shoulder to win. Miles Turner, if he has another year where he's averaging three, almost four blocks a game, five blocks a game. I know that's excessive. He'll win it. If you put up a tremendous amount of block your steals, you're usually going to win the award, if we're going to be honest. So, yeah, I think Jonathan Isaac, and if it isn't Jonathan Isaac, it's going to be Ben Simmons. I think that's just a, that's a good take right there. I want to hear you guys' thoughts right there. Who do you think the defensive player of the year? Now, next up, I got coach of the year, which I think coach of the year is interesting. I got right here, James Borrego, Greg Popovich, Emmy Udoka, Chris Finch, Nate McMillan, and Jason Kidd. The least likely of these guys to win it are James Borrego, Greg Popovich, and Ime Udoka. I think those are the least. James Borrego, they would have to be a top four seed for them to win it. Is it possible? Yes, because they're going. Greg Popovich and James Borrego both are creating transition-based positionless basketball where Really, they only have like three, two or three big men on the roster, and then the rest are just wings, okay, and technically forwards, and then guards. I mean, that's every roster, you could argue, but like that they're going to be playing transition. Like James Borrego's got Kelly Oubre, Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, Gordon Hayward, you know, James Booknight, all of his disposable. Then you got Terry Rozier, Lamel Ball, and Ish Smith. And then he's got Mason Plumley, Vernon Carey, and Nick Richards. So if that's a top six seed, I see him winning the award. Greg Popovich, same thing. If his team is a top six seed, they're definitely, he's definitely getting an award. And I think he could do that. Yudoka, I think this team would have to be a top three seed and they would have to just be dominant for him to win it. And that's why I think he's the least likely to win the award with the Boston Celtics. He's the new head coach. He was signed from the Nets bench. And he's from the Greg Popovich tree. So I, you, I expect a mixture of some Greg Popovich defense and ball movement with a lot of what he learned from Steve Nash on that Celtics team. So see a combination of Spurs Celtics team, right? I mean, Spurs Nets philosophies going into that new Boston Celtics team. Now, I think Chris Finch, if he literally makes the playoffs, he's going to be the coach of the year. If Chris Finch can take the Minnesota Timberwolves really just to the play-in game, I think they'll make him the coach of the year. I, I just think like that'd be so big for them. And yeah, I definitely think that's possible. I think that's really, if Chris Finch takes this Minnesota team to the playoffs, he without a doubt will be, you know, the team's, I think, well, I just think that's more impressive. I don't know why I lost my thought right there. But yeah, no, I think if you take a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves to the NBA playoffs, 
I just think you're going to get the award just because like people are just going to like that, you know? So I want to hear your guys' thoughts down below. Do you guys agree with me on that one? Or is that, is that a hot take? Is that too spicy of a take? I don't think it's too spicy. I just think, I really think it's quite possible, you know? And Chris Finch is putting this team probably going to be the fastest paced team in the entire league come season end, if we have to be honest. So let me hear those guys, those thoughts down below, guys. What do you guys think of this Timberwolves team? Do you think they could do that? I think definitely they can. Definitely that they can. So now if we go the rest of there, I have Nate McMillan. If he has a top three seat, basically the last two coaches are Nate McMillan and Jason Kidd. And if Trey Young over Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic is the MVP, their coach of the year. Because if they're MVP, they have probably top three record in the entire NBA meaning that they're probably one of the best teams in the entire league. So they're probably going to get that right there if that happens, of course. So my pick is Chris Finch, most likely. Yeah, I'm going with Chris Finch if they make the playoffs. Now, can the Timberwolves make the playoffs? Yeah, in my mind, I think they can definitely make the playoffs. Now, in everyone else's mind, you know, I don't know. Now, I got for most valuable player, Luka Doncic, Kevin Durant, Trey Young, Damian Lillard, Joel Embiid, Stephen Curry, Zion Williamson, Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns, if he takes him to the playoffs and averages like 25 and 12 and 5 assists, then yes. Zion. All right, now we're back. All right, so yeah, Zion Williamson, I think if he's going to win it, he's going to have to average close to 30 points, take his team to the playoffs, average seven assists and seven rebounds a game, and just be super hyper-efficient. Joel Embiid, he's got to basically have similar stat line to what he had pre-injury last season and lead his team to the number one record in the East and probably a top three record in the NBA. Trey Young and Luka Doncic, I think if they're just a top three seed, they could, and they average close to 30 points a game and close to 10 assists a game, then Luka Doncic or Trey Young could win it, even though they're horrendous defensive players. Damian Lillard, he would have to be a similar thing, top three seed, averaging close to 30 points, and he'd win MVP. Stephen Curry would have to do another, put the team on his back type scenario, and... That one, mm, I, I, I doubt that happened. But yeah, so I have Kevin Durant there. And I honestly think this could be the most likely out of this list. I think it's Kevin Durant. I think it's Kevin Durant. I think most likely Kevin Durant. So out of Luka Doncic, Kevin Durant, Trey Young, Damian Lillard, Joel Embiid, Stephen Curry, Zion Williamson, Carl Anthony Towns, I really think Kevin Durant's the most likely one. So let's go back and talk about all my picks. So for most improved player of the year, I am going with OG Ananobi is going to be this year's most improved player of the year. Next, sixth man of the year. I'm going with Malik Beasley. Unless Markel Fultz is there, but yeah, I'm, I'm going more Malik Beasley. Rookie of the year. I'm going Cade Cunningham. Even though I want to say Jalen Suggs, and I'm going to change that. Jalen Suggs. So OG Ananobi, most improved player of the year. Sixth man of the year, Malik Beasley. Jalen Suggs as the rookie of the year. Defensive player of the year, I had Jonathan Isaac or Ben Simmons. But I think Jonathan Isaac will wait out with my bias. 
I think coach of the year, Chris Finch. I really think Chris Finch can win it. Unless Trey Young or Luka Doncic carries their team, then Jason Kidd or Nate McMillan could win. But I'm going Chris Finch. And MVP, I have Kevin Durant. So let me hear those thoughts down below, guys. What do you guys think of the first episode of the podcast? If you're watching on Spotify or any of the streaming services, guys, I want you to hear you smack that like button and leave a review or whatever they do for podcasts. So yeah, if you're watching this on YouTube, like, comment. You know, thanks for watching or listening, whatever you did. I'm, um, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have class in like an hour or 40 minutes. So yeah, besides editing this, I think I might play a game of 2K. Maybe. I'm out, guys. Peace out. Ooh, that was a, that was a sound.